The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You are I am mad because I wasted an opportunity to get on the grill yesterday, friend. And today I am joined by another special guest, uh, Hale Varsity radio show host, Chris, Chris Schmidt. Chris, how are you, man? I am good, Greg. And you know what? I punted on grilling yesterday as well. It was 60s. And based on the weather we've had here, man, it felt like, well, 80 because it was sunny and no wind. And I got talked into going for burgers because Junior had practice last night. So I was already, I had the grill on. I had it smoking. <laughs> and, and she's like, no, we're just going to do burgers tonight. We're going to go get $2 burgers someplace. And I'm like, all right, we can do that, mama. But uh, yeah, got a little Dairy Queen and we were good. So <laughs> it's actually, we ended up doing that yesterday too. Which Did is hilarious. You? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like whenever the weather like and it's not even the weather does not even have to get as warm as it got yesterday the sun just needs to poke out and that place is packed um (laughs) it it just like as soon as nebraska see the sun uh they run to get ice cream we've got a lot of different good ice cream spots around here so i know them all so so that ends up uh, working out pretty well so yeah we'll see today it's supposed to be a like maybe flurries and we'll see if uh, I make it to tomorrow. Hopefully it'll feel even warmer. I'll get back out on the grill. I still have stuff thawed. We just didn't <laughs> go ahead and do it yesterday. Um, I've got I've got like two inch thick bony and pork chops, man, that I'm just dying to get in. Okay, I have I actually have breakfast chops uh, that I wanted to do because I was going to last time we did thick ones. So this time I was like, okay, we're going to do the breakfast chops and do some thin ones and then we'll, we'll kind of switch it up. I like to go back and forth um and we'll we'll see like kind of we'll spin the wheel of spices and see what i (laughs) land on and then kind (laughs) of go from there that's awesome man well yeah we both uh said you know what we we probably should have grilled yesterday nothing nothing against the the burger place i went to but those chops are i'm thinking of these chops now (laughs) right right. now we're thinking i like that we both are thinking about pork chops we're totally on the same page here Mm -hmm. uh so when we go ahead and launch in here each week we have a couple of segments that are kind of mainstays of the show uh the first one is called coach speak where we go over something that a coach player or talking head said and then we give you a straight up breakdown of what they meant coach speak to real talk um, this week comes courtesy of the, I guess, presumptive number one pick. I don't think anybody thinks he's doing anything but going number one to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson, who had this to say uh, in a Sports Illustrated piece. He said, quote, it's hard to explain that, that because I want people to know that I'm passionate about what I do and it's really important to me, but I don't have this huge chip on my shoulder like everyone's out to get me and I'm trying to prove everyone wrong. And then it was kind of a joint interview with his now wife, Marissa, who also Mm. added, uh, or he said that I just don't have that. I can't manufacture that. I don't want to. And then his now wife added, there's also more to life than playing football. And 
I was kind of taken aback by this because you just don't see this. So I want to get your thoughts first, Chris, mm-hmm. here. What did he really mean by all of that? Trevor Lawrence is a guy, and think about kind of the culture in, like, you know, Clemson's little bubble, right? What, what does Clemson have to be disgruntled about? What, <laughs> right. what, what does Clemson have to be undervalued or undersold about, right? And we've seen it. You have positive or negative energy emotion you can channel and feed off of right so you can want to go out and maul people because you love your teammates and your coaches and and i think that's where trevor lawrence is coming from he's not tom brady which is the ultimate example of us against the world chip on my shoulder absolutely i'm i'm gonna use it because i'm i'm still bitter but i'm do i'm using that bitterness in a positive manner and it's it's been great for Brady. I mean, he's still tee up, teed off about being picked in the sixth round. He's still teed off probably for getting jerked around horrifically at Michigan. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, probably. Starting quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how he's channeled it. We've covered football teams and programs with Nebraska who they use that us against the world. And yeah. it can work. And it's motivational. And it, there's nothing wrong with it. But it is draining at some point emotionally draining where everybody's out to get us. You have the 180 here with Trevor Lawrence. Look, man, I can't, I can't manufacture being angry about something. I've been a elite 11 quarterback. I was a high profile recruit. I started as a freshman. I played in, in two out of th- in three national championship games. I took down and slayed Alabama. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I'm <laughs> angry. I've got a chip on my shoulder. Uh, I think he wants, he goes at it from a, I want to, I want to crush you as a competitor. I want to throw the football and win. And I don't have a lot to be angry about, but I think he's just got a quiet confidence and he doesn't need to manufacture anything to go try and dismantle your defense. I think that's where he's coming from. And with, with, with the, the lovely Mrs. Sunshine chiming in on, well, football's not that important. You're right. In the grand scheme of things, it, it isn't to life, but, you're going to love the pool and the deck and the Pomeranians or whatever this (laughs) first round money is going to buy you. So uh, it can rub some wrong. I don't know what his locker room is going to think, but I get where he's coming from. Yeah. And there's a lot there. And I think that it's, it's on one hand, I'm like, Hey man, I totally agree with you that, you know, he's had a great life (laughs) there and there's really no hiding that there's no like sugarcoating that because I think he's worked hard too though. So I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely no way to minimize that. He's definitely had to put the work in. You don't just show up and be that good. Like, even though it's always, it's kind of presented that way because he's been thought of as an elite quarterback for so long. Mm Because if you think back to when he was a recruit, he was the number one recruit in America. Justin Fields is the number two. So like it's it's yeah. been like that forever, right? For years now. And so then they go to college and Lawrence has all the success in the world. He does basically everything um, that you would want to accomplish in college and has that go well for him as a guy who then is now going to be the number one pick. And so on one hand, I'm like, okay, he really hasn't had to have a reason to have that chip on his shoulder. But on the other hand, I I do wonder how this plays for two different groups of people. One, I think, matters in the grand scheme of things more than the other. One, I'm curious how this plays out with Jaguar fans and how, you know, essentially your now franchise quarterback has told you, eh, 
you know, I like to play football and it matters to me and I want to win, but I don't really have that deep burning desire. That's how people are going to read it. And I'm curious on how that goes. But I think the more important thing is, is that his, and you kind of mentioned this, his teammates, like there's not, I wonder if there's that many high level NFL guys that feel this way. Right. I think that you would if you just did a straw poll, you would find more guys that are maybe not the Brady level, because also mm-hmm. Brady is bad about even have, like not having to go to Tampa. But the fact that it was basically Tampa that gave him his only opportunity to continue playing. Um, he's mad about that, too. So maybe everyone doesn't go to that level. But I think guys are closer to Brady than they are to Lawrence on this. So I'm just curious on how that plays out. Now, ultimately, it doesn't matter if he's good, right? Like, it won't matter then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that this is an, uh, kind of an eyebrow-raising quote from him. It, it is. Uh, but better now, and we're two weeks from the draft, than a weekend or at the um... – the draft press conference. It was <laughs> well, I late. Say this then. That would have been something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, listen. Uh, he's going to Jayville. He's teaming up with Urban Meyer. He's intrinsically motivated. That's that's my explanation. If I'm him, and there's a follow up about, oh, you don't have a chip on your shoulder, huh? How how how, how much of a dog are you going to be? Well, I think he's shown throughout his career just because. Uh, of the the ranking and the production that he whatever he does and uses to wind his clock has worked just fine and ultimately it's going to be about performance to win that locker room over it's going to be about uh and Lawrence is the same type of guy to me that doesn't look to be a guy that'll skip workouts or want special treatment I think he's one of the dudes so I think he'll He'll, he'll first and foremost get, get in there and, and earn his respect with his play and his actions. And then from a vocal standpoint, uh, I think that will come. And he's honest. And I think that's one kernel you can take with you uh, with this sit down, this SI, this article. I wouldn't panic about it. And you got that guy as your quarterback. And there are, there are worse things than Jayville fans have seen, worse things throwing the <laughs> football there. Uh, you know, post AFC title run, uh, AFC championship game run. So I, I'm not as wowed by this. Uh, I think more guys, I think there's a lot of guys who feel like Trevor Lawrence. And to your point, there's a lot of dudes who uh, they need to remember th- that slight. And it, it's always that, that fuse that's lit and good for them because it's helped them excel. There's always got to be an off switch. And I think Trevor is coming at it from, well, this is how I turn the light switch on. I don't need to make up something. Yeah, and I also think that there is something to be said, and I, I think that in a way he should be applauded for a couple of things, for the honesty, because what do we as people who are in this business, who talk to athletes, who talk to coaches and everything and interview them, what's the one thing that you always want is you want that honesty. So I do I'd be not, some authenticity, yeah, right? Yeah, be, be authentic and be just be you, right? And so I, I don't want it to be that like I'm crushing him for being honest. I'm raising the questions that I think are going to come up, but I also think that I, I would prefer him to give us his honest truth. And this is his, these are his honest feelings on it. Because I think that we just, I I think it's good to remember that all of these athletes are different and unique and they all have their own different motivations. And I do feel like we hear more about 
and we romanticize more the Brady's and the Kobe's and the Jordans of the world. We do documentaries on that, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily say, well, you know, there was that guy that was kind of the quiet storm over there and just found a way to keep that fire lit internally and had a great career doing X, Y, and Z. I do think that we tend to overlook that guy um, but that motivation is important as well. And it is nice sometimes to be able to see that there's more, there's multiple ways to go at this thing. Right. There's, there's more than one way to, to be great. You can be Brady, you can be Trevor Lawrence because it worked for him in college clearly. Right. And, and then you can be MJ where, you know, someone sneezed on you and <laughs> right. you took offense. I took that personally. Right. I mean, right. right. The whole thing. Seen, yeah. Who, yeah. who hasn't seen that gift that, you know, a year later after the, the 30 for 30 series where I took that personally, well, whatever, man, <laughs> it, <laughs> right. it works. It worked for you in game six and game seven and you know, whatever it takes. And Lawrence's is just not as, as common, I guess is where I'm going to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of things that are, are not common, you and I and several others, I think 4,000 of our closest friends, um, got to see a Husker open practice this weekend. As I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, um, I, to me, this is, I think, the first time that I've, that we've had like an open practice where fans can also attend in the time that I've been covering Nebraska football, I've covered mm -hmm. now three different coaching staffs. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't remember this ever happening. <laughs> Let that sink in, Greg. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And it's always funny when I say that, because now that it's been a couple additional years, but I remember in my first four years, you did Bo, you did Riles and, and now we have Frosty. Yeah, and that only took it only took me like four years to get all of that in there, uh, which is always a crazy thing. I always tell me like I have a I'm very good now at like starting over with new regimes um, <laughs> because we've had to do it so much, um, and especially then when you start to think about like the the um, assistant turnover that is happening at Nebraska, like you, you've definitely gotten some practice. at. Michigan. I see your three and I raise you five. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay. So did you have in the other times, were there other open practices that you can remember? Let's break that down. Riley had us out. He had us out there every day. It felt like he had, he had us out there. And I remember there, there's some picture floating around where, I don't know. I think I had the mother of all suntans. So I'm out there in the summer sitting by Aaron Sorensen and, and I think Vogue's and, you know, Vogue's God bless him. He hides from the sun. I mean, he's just <laughs> not a, he's not a sun guy, but no, I just soaking it up and I'm watching some practice. And I think you had Foster start a fight or get into a, a scuffle. And then Riley like screamed. He, he lost it. Like, I think I do remember the, that day. The guy that, the guy that hands you Werther's, you know, yeah. is, is going nuts and doesn't drop any F-bombs, but there's both veins in his neck going off <laughs> at his own team. So I remember that. So I remember a lot of instances where practice was open, mainly with Coach Bo, just the, the post-practice stuff. Yeah, and but and none that I can think of that had fans. not like what not like not like what we had Saturday where we had people screaming and chanting "Go Big Red" after uh, uh, Omar Manning <laughs> torched somebody deep, right? Yeah, that was I. You know, it's funny. Derek Peterson, our colleague at Hill Varsity, was there with me, and we didn't look at each other and just laugh when that happened because 
you almost forget, and this came up a little bit last week um, when I talked when I had Aaron Sorensen on the pod. There are little things in this last year that you almost forget that happen with sports, and when they happen, they're really cool. Those random go big red chants when if something random happened during practice, it was really nice to see that. Like that was actually one of my kind of takeaways, and it wasn't necessarily anything to do with the team. It was just that it was just nice to be kind of back in that atmosphere. It was nice to drive up to the parking lot and see fans walking in at Memorial Stadium. It was just kind of cool to see that. It was nice to be normal again. I yeah, mean, and yeah. that's yeah. and that's it. Between the fans, the parking garage, the uh, the, the the line of fans waiting, and then getting into the stadium, and yeah, the the boat go big red chants, the oohs and ahs after a highlight was made because we saw several highlights yep. during a practice. No, it felt it felt really good, and we were all bundled up in the north end zone and. <laughs> The wind is very real if you're a quarterback trying to chuck the football laterally yeah. or vertically. Uh, it, it's just it's just something. It's tr- you know imagine the last time you went out golfing and you're in that gale force spring Nebraska wind trying to hit an approach shot. Well, you need to club up, right? Well, it's no different than a quarterback chucking the football in different parts of the stadium. It was it was great. It was great. It was it was fun. Um, I was walking out of the stadium and, and your old partner, Jay Foreman's there, you know, Jay's working on the staff now. And I mean, said, what's up to him. And, you know, Nebraska fans, my age, your age, younger rolling up to Jay wanting a picture as he's leaving, right. you know, I mean, so it, it felt normal. Oh, look, there's a three-time national champion picture. Can you right. pause? Sir? You know, I mean, so no, back to your point about normalcy. That's that's the uh, the biggest takeaway is man people are still starved and hungry, and uh, maybe well May first is going to be awesome weather permitting uh, and beyond you know once we get back to this uh, full Big Ten slate full uh, full fans in the stands it's going to be great man yeah and I think that that was also kind of something I, I did come away thinking that exact same thing I, that. When we get to the spring game, that will that will be fun. And then when we get to the fall, that'll be another ramp up from there. Um, Great home it, schedule, too. It yeah, awesome. and it feels like, yeah. So, like, I, I, honestly, if, if there was ever a year where that wouldn't matter and that people are just hungry to get back in there, it would be this year. But I do like the matchups that they have, especially mm-hmm. in conference. Um, so, yes, where we, we talked about this, uh, there were some highlight plays and there mm-hmm. were some standout players. I do think that the quarterbacks, we, we have to remember as people, and I know everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks. I'm not going to go there, but I will just say that keep in mind that win was real uh, on the day, and it wrecked havoc with everyone at some point. But who, who was somebody, if I say, all right, Schmidt, you, you got to buy stock in a guy that you saw, and it could be somebody that's going to play a bunch this year and someone who's not. Who is someone that comes right to mind uh, immediately that you want to buy some stock in? Okay, and these guys, I don't know when they're gonna see the field. Okay. I, I just I just don't. But I think Baron Miles Jr. Okay. All right. Well, he's a kind of a slot receiver, number 19. Yep. That dude just just grinds and he flies around. And I don't know where he'll end up on the depth chart, and he's young. But I like Baron Miles Jr. I love his attitude. I love how focused he is. Um, so I had not gotten a chance to see him before 
And uh, his old man's one of my favorites ever. Uh, oh, yeah. Baron Miles Sr., obviously, a uh, great corner at Nebraska. But I think if if things continue to <clears throat> progress for Baron Miles Jr., I think that guy can be catching the football from whoever's throwing to him. Um, I think Buddha, God, he's big, he's lanky, he's fast. Yeah, he's and I know it's and I know it's just one highlight on, on Smothers deep ball, but for him to go up and and like palm it, uh, high point, uh, a deep pass, pick it, and that was that was the highlight. That was wow. So Buddha, uh, Javen Wright, and and Baron Miles, so two. <laughs> two Husker secondary legacy sons, but I think those kids could be really nice. I mean, I don't know how much you want to dial in on, on Harburg or, or Manning, but you hear things about Harburg and then you see him throw it and you look at how mobile and, and just kind of put together he already is. And he's been on campus since January. So that's ton of upside. So I'm buying stock in Harburg. Shocker there, right? Ooh, Schmidt's <laughs> buying Apple. Um, uh, and then I, you know, if Omar can, can keep things together, that dude's a nude that guy's Mo Purify. I mean, think about just D- Randy Gregory. Think about dudes you saw play for Nebraska that you're just like, man, that's, that's, a, that's a Sunday guy. And, and honestly, not to overblow, some of Omar's catches, but he just, he's just awesome. He was just fun to watch and he's a different dude. He's a difference maker. It'd be so nice for Nebraska to get him in and out every play, every other play, whatever, and just make him a focal point. That's the hope, right? I know there's been some, some hurdles for him, but I've given you about 30 guys here, but uh, uh, Buddha, no Buddha and, 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 and Baron miles jr are two guys that are kind of uh, on the radar, but further off the, the grid that I'd buy stock in. I know Buddha is the guy that's right behind Doman, but those are two guys. And then Harburg and Omar, are, I'm just, I was wowed by both to, to completely overreact for two seconds. No, you're fine. And I think that, but I think that all of them, I kind of agree with you on. I think that Miles, the first thing that I thought when I saw Baron Miles Jr. was, is, hey, if you didn't know, that he walked onto the team and that he was a freshman, you probably wouldn't have guessed that. You would have right. thought that he had been around for a year or two. Um, just because you sometimes when you see those guys for the first time, honestly, the first thing that I want to see is just physically, does he look like he belongs at, belong out there? And I thought that that was the case with Baron Miles Jr. And then he had some really nice plays um, mm-hmm. playing that slot receiver. And being able to work with those quarterbacks, I thought he had a really nice day. Um, I, I do think that Javen Wright is a really intriguing player because he's someone that I feel like we've been kind of hearing about him and his potential now for a couple of years that, that he's been on campus. And I think Eric Chenander has talked about his football IQ and like how ridiculously smart he is. And he's been able to pick up playing some basically that nickel role that JoJo plays as they try to figure out who's going to be next in that, because I think that that's actually something that we probably should talk about more is they seem to have a nice little role in that kind of Jojo mold. Right. And they have a couple Mm. of guys that could fit into that. So we saw also out there on Saturday, Isaac Gifford, who I thought had some nice plays as well. Um, Both him and Wright are working in as backups in that Jojo role in that kind of nickel hybrid spot, um, which is actually pretty important to this defense. If you can get someone, 
consistently to be able to do that. You've seen JoJo's versatility and how important that's been. So if you can continue to replicate that, that's something shocker that I'm going to go here. That's something that you can sell on the recruiting trail, right? Um, and so that's good. So I thought that Wright had a really nice day. I am buying stock in Henner Tarberg. Like, I, I do think that it, while I said off the top that it's tough to judge the quarterbacks based off of that wind, it also cuts the other way. With that wind, if you saw somebody actually making the throws and you saw that with Harburg, like, he, like I, when Scott Frost said, yeah, the ball jumps out of his hand, he said that the other day, right? We can, you know, people kind of go, okay, sure, we got to see it. But then you see him and he can throw the ball. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and he's got a strong arm. And I think that what you mentioned about him being like how physically put together he is, I think because maybe because I didn't see him in person last season, Derek Peterson spent a lot of time out there um, at Carney Catholic seeing him. So he was not necessarily surprised, but I did not see him in person. So I was surprised that he's as big as he is. Like I thought he was a little more wiry than he is. Um but he's kind of looks like kind of like a linebacker out there, especially compared to some of the other quarterbacks. Um, and so, like, it's that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I think it shapes up to you're going to end up, I think, with an intriguing battle at that number two quarterback spot. There's no illusions about who's starting, um, and I don't think that there should be. I think that, that Adrian um, Adrian looked guy. awesome. He yeah, looked, I he that looked, he had some he really great. nice moments. Yeah. He looked graceful. I mean, he looked smooth and fluid, and God, he looked fast. He looked fast, he did fast, look faster fast. Than, than previously. Yes, and the thing that I kind of noticed too about Adrian, and I noticed this about Austin Allen as well, is some of your older leaders on the team did a really nice job, and it was nice to see them kind of taking young guys under their wing, kind of giving guys pointers. Adrian telling wide receivers, you know, where they should have been. Austin Allen doing the same thing um, with some of the tight ends and stuff. Like I, I always like to see those little things that you, you it wasn't a highlight play but I it's always a nice takeaway for me um to see and then I guess we, we I have to talk about booby I got to talk about Omar Manning um because we can't do one of these reaction deals about practice without it I I, I thought that he was better in this one practice than I expected him to be it is <laughs> one practice um I don't think he dropped a pass, to be honest. No, he made some he great made some plays. Really great plays. I think that if Nebraska, if Nebraska can count on him day in and day out, I think that he will end up being a productive player. It's just everything else that's kind of going on there and making sure that they can get him up to speed. Because in a in a weird way, he was yes, he was here last year. The last year is essentially a wash for him, right? Like, mm -hmm. given how much he probably actually practiced, um, this year and this spring is so important to him to be out there on a consistent basis. And if you can really then get him up to speed in the spring, and then you have that time off between spring and fall ball, and then you see what gets retained in the offense, and then you can hit the ground running in the fall, I think that he can have an impact. Um, but you're 100% right. Like you, If you look out there and just say, okay, I'm going to put the wide receivers in a group over there, and I want you to pick out the dude that is the guy in that group, you're going to point to him. Like it's just, like He just looks like the guy, um, and there is something to be said for that. You got to match the production of that and live up to that. Um, but they don't have another dude that looks like that. And they've got some impressive guys now in that wide receiver group. They, they do, Greg. And if you're just kind of going off of who's, who's Omar working the most with, I mean, 
he's tops in talent, but when it comes to the depth chart, and again, this isn't official, this is you and me, but based on what we saw, he's working kind of second or third team. You've got Oliver Martin, you've got uh, Samari Toure, and then you've got Omar, and and then also you have you have uh, Betts, who's right. I know he got slowed up by a, by a little bit of a ding job, but he's awesome and he looks super confident. And whether you throw it to him short or he gets accelerated down the sideline, I mean Betts is for real, and he'll only get better. So you're we just reeled off four four number one uh, options right. with, with with a lot of teams. And, and Martin gets open, and there's a trust there, it feels like. And the consistency from Omar is there on the field. He'll make any and every play he throw at him. But can he stay on the field is a question. And then Ture, he looks like a nice target up the seam and in the slot. And then with Betts, I mean, I think he's – God, he's so talented and he he's so smooth, man. He'll catch it's smooth is the best word for it. Right. Man. They'll run some short scissor routes or he'll run a hitch or it'll be just kind of a, a little a little quick uh, sluggo and, and bang. He'll catch it in, in stride and you can see him go sixth gear even when they tag off on him. He is able to, and this is just a couple instances in practice, but he'll split the corner and safety and just fly. So they have, they have dudes there to catch the football and three out of the four, you feel really good about being able to catch the football on Saturdays, Omar being the fourth. And it's just a matter of him staying patient and hungry and healthy. And, and I think Nebraska's to their credits really done a great job sticking with him and trying to get him up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the, I, and, and it's funny, what you mentioned there is actually kind of my, my, his final takeaway for now is that I came away from that practice thinking, okay, Nebraska has like dudes is maybe too strong, but like they just have a lot of guys that I'm like, okay, if that guy puts it together and that guy puts it together, oh, wait, they've actually got some depth that say defensive line. They've got depth that inside linebacker, that secondary, which I really like. I'm very high on that secondary. Um, yes. it, it can be, you know, pretty dang good. Like, I think that that was something to me that if you start to think about year four, heading into year four versus year one of Frost, I feel like across the board, the athletic profile and the depth have really improved on this team. And I I think that that is just one piece of the puzzle. And we've seen that over the course of the last three years and three seasons here. Um, And you've got to be able to be disciplined and you've got to be able to put it all together. But I think that they've at least, they're giving themselves a shot by the amount of depth that they have, particularly on in the secondary, the inside linebacker, which had been a weakness um, at the beginning of this tenure, and then uh, the lines of scrimmage, I think, have improved as well. I just think that they, to me, and I think that that's really all to me, you really want to come away from a practice like that thinking that's, I think, the best case scenario. You're not going to come away from something like that going, oh, yeah, here they go. They're going to put some money to win the national championship. I think you just want to see that it's going to be improved and that they've given themselves a shot with the amount of depth that they have on this team. They have options. They have players. Now, the, the question mark for Nebraska fans, whether it's because it's year four or because of next year's schedule, and it can be both, is, all right, man, I've heard this song before. Are you going to put it together? Right. And are you, is your first-string quarterback who looks incredible, 
going to stay healthy? What do you do as a backup? Do you go shopping in the portal because you don't want to throw Harburg in there? You're still going to give time for Smothers to develop because that's only fair. I mean, you can't expect a guy like Smothers or, or most kids in, you know, post-COVID to be ready-made to be a quarterback in the Big Ten. I mean, that doesn't, doesn't happen all the, all the time. You, you need development. Offensive line-wise, Greg, I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of yeah, it was tough on uh, offensive defensive line. It was tough to be able to see was. what was really happening based yeah, on where yeah, we yeah. were at the stadium. Well, and they weren't. I mean, they had a little bit of time about the the third session of practice or the third section. They had a little Nebraska drill going on, but that was eight, nine, ten plays, and then that's all the hitting that happened. Right. Otherwise, it was seven on seven or very light eleven on eleven. So. I'm not going to go one way or the other take wise on the offensive and defensive line, other than we know who's been working and they're still open at that left and right guard spot. I mean, the, the rotations were there. So now my main takeaway is this is Nebraska looked better throwing deep again. That was my favorite part of practice is when you got a corner on a wide out and you got a quarterback going down the sideline and the 50, 50 drill was, was fun. Greg, I want to get, I know it's your show, but I'm going to ask you, <laughs> I don't have a major takeaway at running back because there's a thousand running backs that we're watching practice. I know Tompkins worked out and Scott worked out and yeah, they look fast, but man, it would have been awesome to see Gabe Irvin. We yeah, didn't get to do that. I think that, yes, I do think that if we, if we were to highlight a concern, um, not to put words in your mouth, it would be the running back position. And it's not a, it's not a lack of, talent per se like I don't think you say oh there's not any any guys that you could see being good it's not that at all but you've got to be healthy like it has to be like I mean availability becomes a skill at some point right and so you've got to have because we didn't see I think Marquis Step, Sevian Morrison, Gabe Irvin, Ronald or um um Ramir Johnson, that's four. Mm-hmm. We're all out. Like four of your runs, four of your scholarship running backs are out. And so, yeah, that provides a, a unique opportunity for Jacques Yant. Um, yeah, like he, he's in a situation where he can now maybe make a move. He looks the part. Um, you talk about guys all get off the bus team, especially as a running back. He's a huge kid. Um, and just as a true freshman. But you're going to have to – that's going to be a huge topic moving forward. And I think we record this on a Monday. I think we have defensive guys today post-practice, so it mm-hmm. won't come up. But the next time we talk to Ryan Held and we talk to offensive guys, the running back depth concerns and injury concerns are definitely going to come up um, because it, now better this happens in spring than in fall – because um, you can use plenty of time to rehab and then get those guys up to speed. Um, but that, I think, is going to be – maybe the number one concern heading into the season. I would put that ahead of any concerns about pass rush and outside linebacker, um, what's happening with the running back spot. You're a thousand percent right. You got to find a couple, three dudes to run the ball. You feel like your offensive line is going to be solidified and talented, and you, you have had a lot of work together as a group. You need a running back to step in and do a lot of the, the following catch the ball, run the ball, take pressure off your quarterback run game. And if you got a good run game, that's going to open your passing game. Uh, right. Or at least at least have the ability to play action to use your passing game. So the running back's a huge domino. And, and I, I agree with you. I think there's talent there. 
but man, they, there's been so many guys dinged and based on how spring ends, you don't know how guys may or may not take where they end the spring. So are they looking right. elsewhere because of what you have with transfers and uh, the ability to go somewhere else and not get penalized. So no running backs key uh, Phil Darius Payne has eased a little, again, way over reaction, uh, hot take uh, Monday, you know, but <laughs> Phil, Phil Darius has been a nice, I don't want to say surprise, but you see him as a guy that has been pretty active, at least in, in the window we got being able to crash in on the quarterback. So I, I like that. I think Payne's an option as, as a pass rusher, right? So maybe you're not looking so much to, uh, to be sending your secondary. JoJo's another guy that they always shoot off the edge. But if Payne can come up and be a third down specialist, uh, we'll see. He did a nice job of, of harassing uh, and breathing on quarterbacks. Obviously, no contact with the quarterbacks. But he's another guy that, that I'm cons- I, I, I think can, can do well. But it's running backs, and then it's pass rush. And then, honestly, Greg, it's can, can Booby stay – uh, where he needs to stay. So you can use it on Saturdays. Yeah, absolutely. I think that all of those are kind of the things that you're still going to be watching going forward. Um, and there's, there's still some time left here in spring, a couple of weeks yet. Um, and then we'll kind of ramp up with, with fall ball. But I, mm-hmm. still, I think that there is there are reasons for some optimism. And I think that there are still reasons that you would things that you want to see cleaned up, which is about where what you should expect um, at, at this point in the juncture, getting ready for the season. Now, every week we end the show uh, with my favorite segment uh, called "Put Them on Blast," uh, where we basically put someone or on blast for something they did or said. I have been looking forward to this with Schmidt because I do not know who he's putting on blast. Put them on blast, but I'm going to kick this one off uh, today. I am going with the NBA. So. The NBA, my favorite league, um, I, you got to do it to them sometimes. When you do wrong, even with somebody that you love, uh, you got to let them know. So it, there's been a lot of criticism of the league that has taken me by surprise from the players. And I think that this has been and I think some owners, too. I think Cuban has maybe said something about this, some of the outspoken owners, with basically the play-in tournament that they seem hell-bent on having um, this year as injuries mount up around the league. And it, it's funny, as thinking about the MVP race uh, for this year, and it's essentially become a war of attrition. It's who could stay, who could, who stayed the healthiest, because I feel like Jokic is going out of Denver is going to be kind of a runaway winner here, but it's really, he's having a good season, but it is in part because he played in games, right? So you have Embiid. He's not, he's not gone. <laughs> yeah, and so like, you have Embiid who missed, I think, 10 or so games um, for various various reasons. Obviously, LeBron was leading it um, and then got hurt and has been out for a while. Dame Lillard took his turn and then he's been out. And so you've just seen this kind of war of attrition there with that. And so that you've seen it play out. But now what's happening after teams have been really vocal about this playing tournament and then the injuries are piling up, you're seeing even more teams now just sit guys out, right? Was it the other night where Utah, I think, after they had their scare, Donovan Mitchell, who's going to miss some time, they sat like Rudy Gobert and a couple of other guys. They just said, hey, this is like – they just flat out said this is injury prevention. 
we're going to do this. And you're going to see it all over the league. Um, I forget offhand the Spurs it was that actually got fined 25 grand um, yesterday for, for, for sitting guys. Like, and I just think that we joke about this or kind of talk about it, that the regular season in the NBA, like people don't care or they do. But I feel like this year, above all others, like teams are saying, hey, we've got to do something a little bit different because these injuries are just unbearable. And it's going to cost it's going to cost someone a chance at a title, probably Denver, uh, based on what happened with Jamal Murray. We'll see what happens with the Lakers and their injuries. But it's it's been insane. And I've, I've got to put the NBA on blast for, for one, not having better foresight on this after a shortened season, but also wanting to be so hell bent on this stupid play in tournament, which you don't need to have this year. No, the NBA has been kind of trying to be too groundbreaking when all you needed to do was keep guys healthy mm-hmm. um, and move forward with, with the regular postseason. I can't wait to see the Nets against your Lakers. Okay. That would be fun. <laughs> I hope we get there. Right? Count me in. That's going to yeah. be awesome. Uh, Denver's a party to watch. They are a lot of fun. fun. I wish it's funny. I said this to Derek the other day, actually. I said, I wish that Denver was either in the East East? or (laughs) that they weren't, or that they just, you know, could win a championship, not at the expense of my Lakers um, because they are really fun. And they're one of those teams that like, you know, there's a lot of like kind of homegrown players on that mm-hmm. team. They've got a coach that you kind of like. Like you, I mean, no one dislikes Jokic. Like you just, no, you know, what I mean, it's just a awesome. fun team to watch. And it's also as even though I am a big market guy because all of my teams are from big markets, it is fun to see a. And what Denver's not a small market; it's like a medium market. But mm-hmm. to see that type of team um, have that type of success too, like it is nice to see that. Yeah, I mean, it's not New York or Chicago or L.A. Right. You know, Philly, Philly's fun, too. And what's been going on there has been incredible. So, you know, the Nets and Sixers are going to be really tasty. Yeah, it feels like they're uh, on a collision course. Right. And then with the Lakers and out of the West, I know they're expected, right, to, to do their thing. But, but both L.A.s, I mean, are, are super high level. So, you know. Um, I, I kind of tune into more of the NBA come May, but sure. your your put them on blast is right on uh, the play. Yeah, they had to have it. You, you need to talk to the, the the guys, you know, playing and get their take. Uh, my put them on blast is going to be those anonymous sources, the okay. the uh, the whispers out there as we're two weeks away from the NFL draft that are trying to pour gasoline on a reputation, a kid in Justin Fields, about work ethic, about mentality, about what type of dude he is. And this has bothered me for a while. And you've got misinformation out there to try and to try and have him fall into the teens. So, hey, we can get our franchise quarterback and it, it's, it's continued to pick up some steam and some voice, and it's been washed away by some of the bigger outlets, thankfully. Um, and what are you going to say about Justin Fields if you talk to Ohio State people or his coach or even others in the league? And people that know Fields know how good he is, know how much work he's put in, uh, voluntarily 
grinded and did a second pro day because he wants to be the third pick overall. The kid's right. a beast. He's fin- he's fantastic and, and he's fun to watch. And the hateful spewing of questioning character and what his game's all about and, you know, does he love the game? All that just hatred that was thrown out there to try and knock him down a few pegs is what I'm, I'm upset about. If you're going to you're going to MF somebody, put your name behind it, coward. Uh, whether you're a front office person or you're a slew of, 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 of NFL teams that are, in, you know, trying to go smoke screen here, uh, that ain't right. And the narrative out there about what kind of teammate is he, how's his drive, is, is insulting because the kid's incredible. And I think he'll be a high-level pro for a long time. So that's my blast. That's pissed me off for a long time. I like it. I like the anger behind it. And this is what has been kind of honestly one of the most fun parts of having uh, for now the rotation of, of folks on is getting to see what you guys get fired up about. Um, has, I've, I've really enjoyed it. You guys listening to this can't see the smile that I have, but I am very excited about that. And I love to hear what you guys have to put on blast. I can um, hear the smile. <laughs> yeah, you, you can hear it. Um, and, and so, yeah, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that this has been the field situation has been weird. I think that it has gotten a little bit better here um, over like the last few days. It feels freaking racial, time. man. It feels yeah, racial. It does. It does. And, and when I think Derek and I talked about this a couple of weeks too, where it does have that element to it because it doesn't, it just doesn't seem to come up with other guys. There are only certain guys that that seems to come up with. And it feels like he's that pick this year. Um, but I think the pushback on that was, was heavy. And I think that it was forceful mm. and I'm glad for that. I do think that that has changed some is that now that you get these garbage things that happen, I think that you do get increased pushback on them, which is good, but we need to eliminate it in the first mm-hmm. place. That would be the true step of where we need to go. But I do think he ends up going third, by the way. Um, I think that that's what's going to end up happening. San Fran fan's going to love him. I mean, yeah, awesome. I think that I know a few, and it's weird, like, because just because of the Laker fandom, I know some 49er fans as well, and they they are very, very um, hopeful, I did say, mm-hmm. that, that Justin Fields is going to be their quarterback of the future. Um, and we'll see how that shakes out. Draft is always a fun time once we get to it, once we get past the garbage of what happens happens with it leading up to with yeah. the silly season um mm. but that will be a fun time but hey schmidt thank you so much uh for joining this the was fun today. man yeah, thank you definitely a good time uh make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast everywhere that you can listen to them rate us and leave us a five-star review if you leave four i am inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that uh <laughs> make sure that you're checking out the other podcasts on the hill varsity network the mind your own podcast varsity club uh more to it and the hill varsity radio show hosted by chris schmidt um also check out the hill varsity youtube page um i will be back on there uh today uh doing a recruiting video of the week alongside aaron Sorensen. you can also email us at straight up breakdown at hailvarsity.com or you can get after us on twitter at greg smith hb and at schmidt underscore radio i got that right um we will catch you next time have a good week guys a Media production